Uh, yo, what's happening? This is Alexander, a.k.a. The Great Alexander, and we are back again with another episode of The Great Alexander Podcast. That is right. Back at it again. <laughs> um, so yeah, how you guys been? I've been cool. Hope you guys have been cool yourself. It's a bitch-ass weather, not knowing what the fuck he wants to do in April. But you know, we out here. You know, we making it. You know, it feels like fucking um, like London out here, always raining and stuff like that, or just some some jury has, jury jury, whack ass weather, <laughs> and you know I'm I'm quite sick of it. You know, I'd rather be in California with the fires than over here with you know, the shitty ass weather. But I digress. Moving on. Um, hope everybody's having a pretty good week. Hope everybody had a pretty good last week, and I hope everyone continues to have a pretty good this week. A uh, lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Um, this episode today is also sponsored by Fiji Water. That is, <laughs> nah, I'm playing. I wish. I can't wait till I get some sponsors. But, you know, we're on the course of making that happen as we grow and develop this show. So... I'm ready to jump into it if you guys are. So first things first, um, I did my first photo shoot this past Saturday. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, shout out to Dom, my childhood friend who I've known since like, I think like second or third grade, maybe even a little before that, but definitely we were in elementary school together. <clears throat> so shout out to her. Make sure you follow her at Dom Daddy underscore. I think that's her Instagram name, but if she's the first three pictures on my Instagram, so go check those out, like them, show me some love, go show her some love, she is uh, a phenomenal model, a plus size model, if I might add, very gorgeous, Uh, she did a great job, we had a whole lot of fun shooting, Um, it was hot, which I did not mind, because I don't like this cold weather, Um, so I was sweating, it felt good, you know what I mean, we were walking around my neighborhood, and stuff like that, and we got some really good shots, and she was just a natural, and I loved every second of it, and she really enjoyed herself. And, yeah, so go check those pictures out. They're on my Instagram. She's going to be posting some. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to do my another one because all that did was really motivate me and get me excited about it. So, yeah, if you need your pictures taken, holla at your boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, my, I guess today my first question would be, how do you feel about discipline towards children whether you've been disciplined whether you have kids and you're disciplining them or whatever the case may have you or you know you know someone or just whatever like how do y'all feel about that because recently um on my way to work we always stop at this wawa near my job and um so i'm at like um i'm getting my stuff and everything and um it's one of those like smaller wawas it isn't the gas station type wawa so, you know, it's it's compact. So I'm near, like, the door getting, like, a banana or whatever. And I see, like, this little boy. He almost looks to be, like, two years old. He's, like, mad, like, little and everything. And he's standing. He's inside, but he's, like, in front of the door. And, like, everybody's, like, coming in and out. And he's just, like, looking around and stuff like that. So I'm, like, okay, like, whose kid is this? Like, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm keeping an eye on him. I hop in line and stuff like that. And um, he's, like, still standing there. And, like, we, we made eye contact, me and the boy. And I was like, yo, my nigga, like, don't do not do anything crazy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm watching you. So I, I get to the, um, to the cashier. 
And I was like, I said, uh, did you see who he came in here with? And, like, she came on close to me. She was, she was like, that lady over there left him here because uh, he was getting on her nerves and she was annoyed by him. And I turned, and this, and this tall, skinny, tight-face-looking-ass bitch over here getting a fucking donut, leaving her son all the way over here just like, yo, it had me so mad. And eventually he came around a corner and he was speaking Spanish and everything, <laughs> which was kind of cute, but also like it was it was sad. And he eventually found her when he came around the corner because she was just right there. But it was like, yo, like, like what is wrong with you? Like, someone could have easily just like picked up a kid and walked away with that little nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> so again, my my question to you is, how do you feel about other people disciplining their kids like that? You know, how are you disciplined? I know for me personally, I grew up in a disciplinary house between my mom and my dad because at the time I lived with my two older stepbrothers um, and my dad used to tear their ass <laughs> like practically on a daily basis and everything. And for me, I probably only ever received, I think, four beatings, two from my mom and two from my dad ever. And yeah, that's pretty much it. But... My girlfriend, on the other hand, like, her mom never, like, disciplined, or rather, should I say, like, beat them, like, her and her siblings and everything, and, you know, but that was just how she was raised, and, you know, you get different results for how you try to approach things as a parent, but for me, I'm kind of in between, because it's like, I know I personally don't want to hit my kids when I have them, but at the same time, I know how effective it is, because I know how I am, (laughs) and it's not that you want to put fear in your kids' hearts, that's a part of it, but it's also a respect thing, and you also want, you also want to make sure that, you know, always heard the saying, like, I'm I'm beating you, so you don't get beat out there, like, and everything, my mom told me that a long time ago, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, because I find it to be, like, um, I feel like both ways work, depending on what kind of parent you are and depending on what kind of kids you have. Like, if you had kids like my, my step-siblings, there, there's no talking to them. Like, you would need to physically beat their ass. Like, yeah, like, that's, that's different. But, you know what I mean? It's, it's certain kids, yeah, you can talk to them and, and give them a stern talking to and stuff like that, and they will do what you say. But that's only if you're instilling in them, like, um, morals and values and, and rules that, they, that they're already following. So when they step out of line, you don't have to get physical with them. But um, and it's, it's also funny because uh, my girlfriend didn't know, like, my mom, uh, after those two beatings, like, as I got a little bit older, uh, I, she slapped me twice on two different occasions. <laughs> and my girlfriend was so shocked. Like, I can't imagine your mom, like, actually slapping you in the face because she's so nice. I'm like, yeah, I like, don't. Don't 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 take her there. Like she can get there. My my mom has been nice for a long time. She has she hasn't like done that kind of shit in a minute. But I remember them just fondly. <laughs> I remember the second time because I was a little bit older. I think I was uh, in middle school or like a freshman. <laughs> it, um, I got in trouble for something, and um, and at this point I'm already like taller than her. I was taller than her then, so we were in the kitchen, and like I was like kind of like not even a foot away from her. She was, like, in my face, like, yelling at me and stuff like that. And I seen her hand about to smack me, and I I hurried up and, like, dipped out the way. And she was like, boy, you better not move and let me hit you. And I was like, 
and I had my chin up. Like, I was like, man, this shit about to suck. Because she's, yo, her slaps sting. Like, oh, my God. I'll never forget that shit. But she slapped taste out of my fucking mouth. And she was like, go to your room. I was like, man, it's a <laughs> But nonetheless, um, yeah, so if you got kids, if you plan on having kids, if you know somebody with kids, like, what are your thoughts on just, like, discipline them, like, you know, whether that be physically or verbally. I, w- I want to know y'all thoughts on that. Like, I'm kind of half and half. I think depending on what my kids would be like will really determine on how I discipline them. If they're good kids, you know what I mean, you know, I follow rules and they might fuck up, yeah, I'm going to talk to them. But if they don't, if, if talking don't work, best believe, like, they, they catching a fast one. Like, <laughs> we're we going to shoot this fade, my nigga. You ain't about to be fucking up with me. You know what I'm saying? But moving on. <laughs> um... It was actually uh, recently, last week, I was on uh, World Star, and this uh, one of the videos caught my attention. Um, it was essentially about a girl. Um, she ends up breaking up with her boyfriend because she gained some more weight. And the story is that, you know, all her life she's, you know, trouble with gaining weight and stuff like that. And she was always skinny and everything. So when she finally gained some, you know what I mean, she posed in her, like, her, her uh, Calvin Klein, like, um, underwear and um, fucking, uh, I guess, she, I, don't, I don't know what you would call that. The top part. I don't want to call it a bra. It's not a bra. But, you know what I mean? That shit, bitch, if you wearing a Calvin Klein shit, which is fire. Um, so she posed for that and stuff like that. And... She ended up breaking up with him because the guy was like, um, like you have a beer gut and your stomach is bigger than mine and that's just weird and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, nigga, what? Like, personally, like, if, if you don't already know about me, then you're about to find out. Like, I, I'm not, I love all women, but my, my preference is women who have some meat on their bones. Like, I like thicker women. Like, it, it's... I don't know, like, that's just, that's just the shit I like, but to me, this brings me to the point that white guys are just fucking weird, like, it's always white guys that I find that they like their women to be, like, mad skinny, and that's why you always find, like, like, white women to be so, like, skinny and shit like that, not saying just because they're men like that, but that's typically how white women are, you know what I mean, and sometimes, with you know, with bigger breasts and stuff like that. And, like, nowadays, you know, you see the white girls, you know, who are getting kind of, like, black girl bodies and everything, either, like, whether it's fake or it's real. You know what I mean? It, it, it's all from black girls. Like, like, like we got to we gotta keep it real. Like, like, black women invented being slim, thick. We, like, bitches, like, black women, they, they invented, you know what I mean, the fat ass and, like, you know what I mean, the big breasts and stuff like that. Like, like they, they invented that shit. Ain't nobody going to take that away from black women. So whenever I see that on another race, especially white girls, like, yeah, like you, you, like you're attractive, but like we we know where you get it from. Like, come on now. So that that brings me back to the fact that like you know, and <laughs> she said you know, uh, <laughs> which is so fucked up. <laughs> at the end of like, cause she was on the news. This shit made like fucking news, which is which is interesting. I guess um, she was like, like yeah, I'm gonna um, yeah, I broke up with him, and I know there's plenty of people who are gonna like. Um, my new body for what it is. I'm like, yeah, a whole bunch of brothers too. <laughs> Nigga, slide them in your DMs right damn now. <laughs> I, I just thought that shit was so funny because it's like, yeah, like, like as soon as you let your girl go after she gets like, badder or sexier and stuff like that, 
You know what I mean? Like, trust and believe, like, niggas gonna be, like, right on it, like, all the time. Like, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. And especially if you fucked up and made her feel insecure, and she, like, she's like, oh, well, I know somebody who won't like it. <clears throat> and trust and believe, it ain't gonna be you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it's like, like, what are you gonna do? Like, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're that kind of guy who doesn't like, you know, thick girls and everything, and she wasn't even all that big, like, she just got, like, a little bit more stomach, you know what I mean? Her arms got a little bit bigger, her thighs got a little bit bigger. It wasn't like she was, like, obese or anything. Like, it was, you know, it was a good amount of, like, fat on her, which I appreciate. <laughs> so it was like, you know, if you're that kind of guy who doesn't like that kind of shit, and then it's like, my nigga, just date life fucking toothpicks and, like, just fuck out of here. Because you're, 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 you're taking all the good ones who, like, are not even happy because you're not accepting them for who they are. So, fuck out of here. I love all the thick girls, you know what I'm saying? I love all the fat asses and the big titties, you know what I mean? I like bitches with stomachs, a whole lot of back, <laughs> some hips, you know what I mean? Some thighs, all that shit, my nigga. I don't give a fuck. That's just me. So, moving on. <laughs> I'm doing good so far. I'm doing good so far. Um, back to uh, not really back to, but um, on a reoccurring segment. I, I forget if I did it last week, but I know I did it uh, the first week. I brought the podcast back, but uh, middle school stories, boom! Right, I know. I think the first one I told was um, me bullying. So here's um, another one. Uh, at the time in middle school. I believe this was 7th grade. Yeah, it was definitely 7th grade. That's when I first came there. Um, yeah, my, my girlfriend at the time, who I consider to be my first girlfriend, um, like, when we first started dating and stuff like that, like, we used to uh, sneak out of class. Well, I, well, it, it wasn't really sneaking. We just asked to go to the bathroom or the nurse so we could see each other. And the bathroom became kind of, like, suspicious because I'd be going longer than I should be using the bathroom. So I was like, I need to go to the nurse. So that would prompt me to have more time to spend with her out in the hallway. So we would meet in the hallway. And the hallway was by, like, the gym area. And it was, like, not a lot of people came back there. And there was only, like, one or two classes back there. But, you know, yeah, it, it, we wouldn't get a whole lot of people seeing us back there and everything. So eventually... We would uh we would go out there and stuff like that. Like I meet her in the hallway and we're talking and stuff like that. And um we get to the hallway by the gym and we, you know, we kiss and everything. And like, yeah, it was it was crazy. And that was like my some of my first experiences like doing that kind of shit with a girl. You know what I mean? Like kissing her, touching her and stuff like that. And it was like just a whole lot of teenage angst. <laughs> but it was it meant a lot to me because I look back on those days and like, damn, like if I hadn't have done those things, I feel like um, it would have took me longer to actually do the things that I've done after that as far as like my relationship life goes and like my sex life and stuff like that. Because that really had an impact on me because I had never kissed a girl before. Like a girl had never really been interested in me. Well, they have been, but not as one as, like, pretty as her, especially at that age. Like, it was crazy. I didn't even know I had, like, one of, like, the, the prettiest girls in school. I was so self-conscious and stuff like that, and I, I had no idea. But, you know what I mean? It, it gets like that. So, eventually, after we'd do this probably, like, every day or every other day, <clears throat> and I would always leave during my science class, and it gets to the point where my teacher became so suspicious of me, 
And at one point, he said he, he's going to stop letting me go because I'm always leaving and I'm missing so much work and shit like that. But I had to lie to him and be like, like, yo, I have to go to the nurse because my asthma. And I, I do have asthma. And, but I had to lie because like, I didn't want her to think, like, you know, I didn't want to see her no more. And I, you know, I just want to keep kissing because kissing was the shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, huh. <laughs> So I had to lie and be like, yo, like, it's because of my asthma, you know what I mean? She told me to see her around this time all the time. And he was like, all right, and everything. So I I, I was kind of nervous because I thought he was, like, going to call or something like that. He was, like, going to go into the office and check the camera to see where I was really going and <laughs> shit like that. Because it happened to me later on down the line. Not in this case, but, you know, when I got in high school, someone checked the bitch-ass cameras on me, but whatever. So, yeah. And then, you know, eventually that came to an end because, um, you know, she broke up with me. And that's going to be another middle school story for another time. But hope you all enjoyed that one. You know what I mean? My little rendezvous in the gym hallway with my first ex-girlfriend just doing nothing but kissing. Barely even like tongue kiss. I think we actually did. I think that was like my first tongue kiss. I don't remember. I don't know. But those those some memories that I'm going to cherish forever. And yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> Moving on um, into some music news, there is a lot, and I mean a lot, to talk about when it comes to the music news. First things first, um, Kendrick Lamar wins the um, Pulitzer or Pulitzer Prize. I don't know how to pronounce it, excuse me. But um, it's a musical honorary award that is given to, you know, some of like the best musicians and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's it's a monumental moment for hip-hop because Kendrick is the first one to ever receive it. And it's over um, the album Damn, <clears throat> which which I think is like, to me, if I, if I had to pick for what the prize could have won him for, like what the prize could have been for, like which album, I really would have preferred it to be like a To Pimp a Butterfly. But that's just my opinion. Like, damn, was fire. It really was. But I feel like for for what Tipima Butterfly stood for, I felt like it did a better job of, like, of just, of just like, just doing what he was given this award for to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I had to put it another way, it's like... Uh, what can I say? The Pimper Butterfly to me stood more on a like on a concept that people could follow. Like I still don't know what damn truly means. Like I know the songs in there, they have like meanings and everything like, about his childhood and stuff like that, about you know, um just it was really more about him, if anything. You know what I mean? There was it it was inclinations of, of a whole lot of other stuff, but to me I I just took it as it was really just a story of of him. And how they described it or why they gave it to him, <clears throat> this is this is all the fancy wording that they use. And um, this is how they described the album was. Uh, the, the Pulitzer Prize, this is how they described it. They said, it's a, a virtuistic song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic, I fucked up, authenticity and rhythmic and <laughs> dynamism that offers affecting vignettes capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. 
to me, that that is Reese to put butterfly, not really damn. But I still congratulate Kendrick on that. Uh, again, it just makes it even more of one of the reasons why he's like just top three in the game. He's like, if I'm really talking like just all time like greatest and everything, he's like number one for me because like this nigga's always pushing boundaries. And then to someone else who is in my top three of like the greatest niggas of all time, who's, you know, I mean, who's about to be dropping some heat during the heat, during my month, during Gemini season, same birthdays, pop, dog life, Gemini, understand why you're uptight, because when you give away the pussy, they fuck, right? <laughs> None other than the man, Drizzy Drake, coming to drop a new album which would be called Scorpion, based on his Zodiac sign, the Scorpio, you know what I mean? And he was rocking some chain with the Scorpion on it and other Zodiac signs around it, which I thought was so fire. And, um, yeah, it's going to be executive produced by 40 and uh, Oliver, which, again, it's, it's, it's just fire. Like, this, it's going to be dropping in June, hopefully on my birthday, but most likely it's going to be at the end of June. You know what I mean? But regardless, like, I like the announcement for it. I liked how he and Forty had it as, like, their jackets and everything. I think they were, like, suede or, like, some sort of, like, bomber material, but it was still really cool. I I, I just bet them shits cost, like, $500. They're just so fucking fire. Like, oh, my God. But uh, besides the jackets, <laughs> I really like that rollout and how, you know, did that kind of shit. That was really different. Um... I really don't know what to expect from this album besides it being about Toronto because he is that one of the Raptors game. You know, he said it's for the city and stuff like that. So I, I guess that's a good idea of what it's really going to be about. I feel like it's going to be some more Drake stories from his past and everything. I feel like it's going to be, you know, some more personal things that he touches on. And I kind of want that feeling he gave me back when he dropped uh, Nothing Was The Same. Like, where he was, like, so honest in his songs, but it was fire at the same time. Like, they went so hard. Like, come through and uh, fucking connect and, like, Tuscan Leather and fucking, like, just just all them Johns. Like, they, they, were, they were just great. You know what I mean? That, that's one of my favorite Drake albums of all time. I, I think it is my favorite Drake album. For real, for real. Yeah, I, that definitely is my favorite Drake album. Like, Thame Later used to be my favorite because that was the first one I got, obviously. Take Care, I love Take Care, but probably not as much as everybody else. Like, I love every song on there, but it definitely is not my favorite. It's really between Nothing Was The Same, it's between that and um, If You're Reading This. Because those two, like, just really like, are, like, my favorites. But I'm for now, I'm going with Nothing Was The Same. And, um, yeah, he already said the intro's about to be fire, you know what I mean? And he, he already has some fire-ass intros. I, I'm going to let y'all listen to all his intros and everything them, them them shits do go hard whether like they're the sing-song ones where this is him rapping like it really always sets the tone for what you're about to hear throughout the rest of the album which i feel like he does a great job in and um yeah and with you know drake you know i mean he dropped the nice for what video which everybody's on um a whole lot of guest appearances on everybody's loving the song um, I really like the Lauren Hill sample. That shit was crazy. I like how he added the New Orleans bounce to it. And um, what we all thought was going to be a record for the guys for this summer to send some subliminals to females and everything, it, it's only quite the opposite. 
And I'm going to leave it at that. Because <laughs> you already know what the song says. It's already playing every fucking day. Every girl is playing it on their fucking Instagram stories and Snapchat stories and stuff like that. It's, just in, the, it's in a playlist for Cardi B's album. Like, it's, it's going crazy right now. But the video was fire. You know what I mean? You had Drizzy on skates. You know what I mean? You had all the female guest appearances to Issa Rae, to Tracy Ellis Ross, Sid from the internet, Tiffany Haddish, uh, and Zoe Zeldana, and so many more. Like, And I liked how I really thought at first it was going to be like all black women, but I feel like to make it equal, he you know he added in the white women and stuff like that just to make them feel good. But it's like, to me, it's like, come on, my nigga. Like, we, th- this is a black girl song. And now, now you got these white girls having like to cut off the the last word of like the chorus just so they won't get in trouble <laughs> but you know it's just like all right man like i guess you got you got to please the white side of your life you know what i mean that's cool fuck it you know do what you gotta do Drake. I, I appreciate you nonetheless but i like how the fact you know he was just you know showing them off and everything that it is really a song about women and stuff like that and you know just making them feel more confident you know which drake has always done but you know this is is another arsenal into like that whole catalog he has to make women feel good about themselves. Probably my favorite Drake record that does that is uh, "Make Me Proud" with Nicki Minaj. I love that fucking song. Like I was, I was listening to that. Uh, I was listening to that other day. And I was like, God damn! Like this shit is still fire. <laughs> but um, in the video, I really appreciated how each and every um woman had their own space. Like, they all weren't in the same area. And I and that took a lot to pull off, because that isn't, like, no, like, green room, green screen setup. Like, all those were either, like, in a real place, like, or, like, on some sort of set. Because that, 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 that shit was just crazy to me. And that, that was probably, like, 18, not even 18, like, 20 different set changes that they just had to shoot there and, like, just have them looking cute, like... I think that's pretty crazy to just do all that and not even have them all in one area. Like, and maybe that was probably by design too, because they probably couldn't get all of them in certain places. So maybe that was a better idea to do it. It worked out really well. Like, I I thought it was cool that they all had their moment to shine in their own little unique way. So that was cool. You know, the director, uh, Karina Evans, did a fire job on that. She directed uh, God's Plan. Um, she directed one of uh, Sir's videos, Sir's uh, artist from TDE. Cool R and B singer. He's really dope, and and she's very dope. Like she's very inspiring. I liked how, like, I like her style is like um slow motion effects. Like that's the one thing I noticed between like at least in these two the Drake videos that I've seen. Like in the God's Plan video, you know, you've seen a lot of slow motion. You've seen a lot of, like twisting of the camera. You've seen that you know in the Nice for What video. Like I like I like her style, and I I I noticed how she's really into like um. I don't know how really to describe like the colors, but like she doesn't really, <clears throat> she's not with all like the effects driven. At least from what I've seen, it's real natural, and it's like it's smooth and it's like telling. So it's almost like she directs like short films. Like that's how her videos look. Her videos look like short films, and I feel like that's kind of like the style nowadays. Like, it, um, like Division song mood. Like his his that video is like a short film. Like it's fire. Uh, I, she actually didn't she didn't direct that video, but that's what it reminds me of. But Great shit from Drake. You know what I mean? New album on the way. Hopefully, like I said, drops on my birthday. Nice for what videos fire. We're moving on. J. Cole. 
is out here, man. This nigga's back from me. He's about to get y'all niggas with the death hogs, but they have bare music on your <laughs> Nah, for real. Uh, J. Cole announced his new album, KLD, Kids on Drugs, King of Overdose, Kill Our Demons, whatever the fuck you want to, whatever the fuck it stands for, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I'm expecting it uh, to be interesting. And I'm going to be using interesting a lot for this podcast because that's, that's all everything is to me nowadays. It's, it's all interesting. Cause I just don't I don't know what to expect. I have expectations, but at the same at the same time I still don't know what to expect from it. So with that being said, <laughs> I'm expecting this to be uh, about uh, you know the lean pill and overall drug problem there is with the youth today from people clout chasing to do stupid shit on World Star like uh, all that stuff, man. Like you know I mean you, you see so much of it. I'm just people just doing wild stuff, especially, like, younger people, you know what I mean? Like, the whole Tide Pod shit, like, you know, it, it's crazy. Like, since the internet has, like, become such a a thing, it's, it's hard not to find people doing dumb shit. And it gets put on a pedestal, and, you know, younger people get exposed to things that they probably shouldn't be doing. That's probably not good for them. And, yeah, I feel like that's really what the album's going to be about, just based off of what I've been seeing. And I kind of actually felt like this for a while. Uh, every time I'm watching a World Star compilation, now there's always someone smoking out of something that isn't just a regular like blunt. Always, like it's so fucking dumb to me. Like it's just, to me, it's like it's a form of of an addiction. Me and my girlfriend talked about this before. Like where you're always smoking every day that you're smoking out of a fucking lamp, you're smoking out of a fan, like, you're smoking out of, like, a nigga's dreadlocks, you're smoking out of a fucking banana, you're smoking out of a dead rat, like, like what the fuck is next? Like, nigga, niggas are gonna smoke out of a fucking dick if they felt like it. Like, come on now, like, I, I think, and, and I'm, and I, and obviously I don't do drugs myself, like, I'm not totally, totally against it, however, I know for me, there is when, like, I draw a lot, like, I never smoked a day in my life, I have had edibles before, but that's like, like probably once ever. But even then, it's like I'm not about to sit here and make that a daily routine. Like I can, and I always said like I I don't need drugs to like function. I don't need drugs to calm me down. I don't need drugs to get me motivated to get me creative. Whatever people use drugs for, that I don't need it for that. And I've always been told that all my life, like, oh, it isn't just that, like, this, it does it for me for this, or it does it for me for that. It's like, cool, bro, like, that ain't gonna do that shit for me, my nigga. Like, I like being in my, my sane mind. I like knowing, like, my thoughts are real thoughts and not high thoughts. <laughs> like, I like knowing I'm coming from a genuine place and not a place where I'm not sober. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't believe that that's all the way healthy, but... I digress, but um, it's coming out of the the album's coming out Friday, and he had a listener party in New York, and all of his stands said it was fire. So take what you want from that. <laughs> but the snippet I did hear, it, it, it did sound pretty good. He was really rapping on that shit, and I think it would have sounded like he, he's taking some shots at, at the rest of you niggas, Drake and Kendrick, and everybody else. And, and 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 before I move on, I find it again interesting that 
this nigga announces retirement, allegedly gives his last verse to Joey Badass, and then next thing you know, he's on four other songs that come out. Joey Badass confused. His stands are still hyped that this nigga is um, still dropping music and now going to drop this joint. I think I think it's a um I think what got him going was when uh when Kendrick, I think he was winning like the BET Awards or one of those award shows and uh before he left, he was like he was like he was like uh, and I ain't never retiring and stuff like that. If the, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm misquoting him, but I think that's what he said before. And this is like my my, my little like hip hop beef in mind that that's that's going on, but like I feel like when he said that, like, Cole was like, you know what? I shouldn't retire, because if I retire, Kendrick gonna, like, just really just, he gonna end this debate where it's really just Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick. And, because honestly, like, like J. Cole fans are, like, just so... I love Cole, but I don't love Cole like the Cole stands do. Like, I'm more of a fan of Kendrick, if anything. I do like Cole's music. I always have. But... J. Cole's stands are, like, something else. Like, they think this nigga is, like, a god, like. And ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Love, you know, your favorite artists and stuff like that. Yeah, like, because I'm a stand towards Trey. You know what I mean? Fuck what you heard. <laughs> but I, I swear, it's, it's really just something scary about J. Cole fans. Even more so, like, than Beyonce fans, Nicki Minaj fans, Rihanna fans, like. All that shit. Like, it's just, it's, it's just something scary about J. Cole fans, so. But, um, regardless, it's going to sound, I feel like it's going to sound way different from uh, For Your Eyes Only, just from off that snippet I heard. But I actually liked For Your Eyes Only. I really, I really didn't, like, I understood why people really didn't like it, but I liked it. I thought it served the purpose, and I understood the purpose. I really liked the concept from it. I really enjoyed like the little documentary and videos that came out for like I thought I thought it was really interesting. Word of the day is interesting. <laughs> and um I feel like this one is giving me kind of like a born center vibe. What is like my favorite Cole album and I'm really excited about that. I feel like Born Center was one where like you got kind of like um Cole really talking about some some deep shit, some shit that really bothered him. You know what I mean? And I feel like this one is that. I feel like 2014 Forest Hills Drive was kind of like um, Cole letting you into like his home. Well, like Born Center was like kind of letting you into like his heart and his mind. And I feel like KOD is going to be is going to be kind of like that. Like metaphorically speaking, because the cover art definitely says a lot. Aside from Cole, you know, wearing the crown and being king and stuff like that. You know, it's underneath his like little like royal robe, you know what I mean, there's uh there's kids beneath him and they're all like drugged up, you know what I mean? Like it it looks crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then on the back cover, you know, with the track list it shows uh kids on a metaphoric drug trip, you know what I mean, like riding on lean pills, weed and heroin. Like it should look crazy. And um but besides all that, uh the track look the track list looks very interesting also. Not a lot of tracks on here. Twelve tracks, I believe, which 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 I think is a really good amount for Cole. But the names have me questioning, you know, questioning some things, and you know what what they're possibly going to be about. Uh, you know, obviously KOD title track, whatever. 
But I feel like they all kind of have, like, a story to them. If it's going to be about drug addiction and kids, I feel like um, the third track called Photograph, I feel like that might be about, like, how... Um, if, if I'm just speaking, like, metaphorically and creatively, I think that just might be about how kids, like, they, they start seeing themselves differently in, like, the mirror and the photograph and everything after they're taking drugs. And, you know, you got the cutoff, which I guess is, like, either, like, they're cut off from drugs or they're cut off from their friends or family, whatever the case may be. You know, you got ATM, probably that's them trying to get money to get some more drugs. Motives, probably, like, them trying to kill somebody to get drugs. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's all gonna be something to about that leads to drugs, like what whatever what every fucking like title track. But um the seventh track, Kevin's Heart. I think that's gonna be a, a very interesting track. I would like to hear Kevin Hart's voice on that shit. I think that'd be really interesting and hopefully funny. But if not, I, I don't know. I, I that's all I could think of like if it has Kevin Hart on it. It might be about, you know what I mean, actually Kevin Hart. I don't know, man. This, this shit just, it looks, it, it just looks wild. But um, aside from all that, he has two um, features on here. Uh, and they're by, well, the features are from the same nigga, uh, some nigga named Kill Edwards. Now, after doing some Google search, it's obviously J. Cole. Because there was a track that came out um, by the same name, which is only one song by this nigga on Spotify. You can look it up on YouTube, it's the same thing. It's like a minute long. It, uh, the song's called Tidal Wave, Just a Little Reference. And in the song, it's really just Cole like singing, but his voice is pitched down a bit. But if you if you if you've been listening to Cole a long time, you could tell it's him like just based off his like his inflections, how he ends off words, how he says words, like it's Cole. And again, it's interesting. <laughs> it's all very interesting. And again, I'm excited for the album. Uh, I'm expecting it to be, you know, what I mean, really good. But also, I'm not expecting anything from it. I don't really know what it's gonna sound like. Even even if I heard the snippet, like I'm just coming in with a clear slate. Just I'm just ready just to listen to that shit. Moving on to uh, Nicki Minaj is back. She is back, ladies and gentlemen. The queen has returned. The queen of rap since Itty Bitty Piggy. Since, I forget the rest of her fucking tracks, but you get the idea. Nicki Minaj is back with her two tracks that she has released. Chun Lee and Barbie Tings. Now to keep it short and simple, I like both of the tracks. Uh, especially Barbie Tings is the one that I prefer the most. And a lot of people said that they didn't like it, which was which was a surprise to me, cause you know what I mean for a long time, you know, you had a whole lot of Nicki Minaj stands, you know, all the barbs and stuff like that. And they're still out there, you know what I mean? I I was going back and forth for one in the comments after like um her reference came out for Tory Lane Shooter. Uh, that song, Shooters, and I said that shit was ass because she just sounded so whack on that joint. So the barbs are still out there, but I think it's such a different time now because, like, Cardi B really has the wave. Like, this little girl who goes to my church, like, if you ask her, 
who she wants to be when she grows up, she's going to say, or rather what she's going to be, she's going to say Cardi B. And she's like, I think, six or seven years old, probably a little bit younger. I don't know, somewhere around that age. And I think it's funny because it, it isn't that far away from a generation where little girls wanted to just be Nicki Minaj a little while ago. Like my, my, like my little cousin Jade, she just turned, I think, 11 or 12. And, you know, she was, you know me, in the era of Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. So that's who she wanted to be. So I think that's very interesting. And it, it really tells of the time of, like, you know what I mean, how if you're gone, someone's always going to come in and, like, take that reign over. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. So I think the wave of Cardi B is too strong for people to even think about another chick and her songs. <laughs> like... And that's just how I feel. I feel like everybody's so biased towards Cardi B that they're like fucking Nicki Minaj now. And like I said, I think the I think the records are pretty cool. Like they they're not amazing, but like I I, I thoroughly enjoy them. I thought it was Nicki being Nicki. Like I felt like really it felt like old Nicki for real for real. But you know, Nicki, Nicki tried it. She tried to throw two cents in. Like does does anybody still care about me? And like you hear with two tracks. <laughs> Man, she oh my god, I ain't seen nothing but hate on that shit. Like it, it, it was crazy. But regardless, um, uh, like I said, the Barbie Tings record I really liked. It gave me the old Nicki vibes, which I appreciated. And her interview on Zane Lowe was was a telling one. Now, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you seen it. I suggest you watch it. And um, it, it's it's again very interesting because she apparently isn't the bad guy in the situation between her and Cardi B and the whole fucking um, motorsport record ordeal. She isn't the bad guy in the situation. Due to the fact that Atlantic Records made her change her verse on the song, and by the way, to me, it was a good decision because her singing was pretty much ass on that shit, so I'm glad they asked her to take it off. But not only was she singing on there, but some of the beginning words were changed. You know, she mentioned Cardi's name and stuff like that, and apparently from Nicki Minaj, Cardi um, told them that she didn't want her saying her name and stuff like that, whatever the case may be. And, you know, and also she couldn't, Nikki, she couldn't come to the video shoot the same day because her and Cardi share a hairstylist guy, so the hair guy couldn't be there at the same time as them. Like, it's, it's, it's such a weird situation. And she was all disgruntled to the fact that Cardi had nothing nice to say about her. Like, she was like, um, but when, when I was coming up and, like, Trina, she gave me the opportunity to be on her record and uh, I was so appreciative and I, I will always thank Trina for that. It's like, girl, like, like fuck you expect, like, it's, <laughs> like, who cares? Like, man, and this is what I mean. Like, it's, at first I, I, I started to feel bad because, you know, we haven't heard Nikki speak for a long time, but I had to think, like, this this is a totally it's not a totally different situation, but this is a different situation. That was a Trina record. This was a Migos song featuring you and Cardi B. This was different, <laughs> like all around. This was something totally different, and I think there was just a whole lot of communication issues that went on. You know what I mean? Like she was crying about the fact that Quavo didn't defend her, which was hilarious when she was like, when she said what he said, when she was like, Quavo, why don't you defend me? He was like, I'll defend you if you was my girl. <laughs> which I, I which I think is so fucking funny. Like, how, how, how can you be like that, fam? Like, <laughs> but it's, it's fucking honcho, it's Quavo, you know what I mean? What the fuck you expect from that nigga? Um, 
but to me, I feel like what uh, had me more uh, interested in the whole interview, besides the Cardi B bullshit, was uh, when she was talking about Drake and uh, the Meek Mill beef that uh, that happened a few summers ago, which which feels just so long ago now. Like it feels long ago, but it also feels recent too. Cause like that shit happened like summer of like twenty fifteen, I believe. Summer of twenty fifteen, summer of twenty fourteen, something like that. But regardless, I, I I it's so crazy to think about that shit nowadays. But um I, I think it was interesting when she was talking about that and how she didn't know she didn't really know what to do but stay quiet. And she mentioned how Drake's worst fear was that she might diss him. Which he said that before in his interview. You know what I mean? I, and, you know, he was like, uh, when when Drake said that in his interview around the time he dropped views, <clears throat> he was like, I was just hoping, like, Nicki, you know what I mean, wouldn't jump in it because, like, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to approach that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and she, you know, essentially echoing the same thing. Which I feel like is really telling about their relationship and stuff like that, because you know, it, it's it's one where everybody at first always thought they dated and stuff like that, and you know, or you know they smashed and everything, you know, whatever the rumors were at that time when Young Money was popping, you know what I'm saying? But it's um I think I think that was really interesting on, on Nikki's part. I I feel like it's really um, uh, it just shows how great. Drake's character is in that moment, especially when it comes to like his friend first. You know what I mean? Because obviously he knew Nicki before he knew Meek, and everything. And it was kind of like, like you know, you don't want to diss your friend, even though you're dissing your your friend's man. I don't know. It's such a weird situation, because like even for me, <laughs> I don't always like my girlfriend's like friends, if especially if she has like. Like, girlfriends. I just don't like... If any girl I ever did, I never liked her friends. Like, I just feel like they don't serve a purpose in my life. And they're just annoying. And they end up, like, giving her bad advice. Or whatever the case may be. I never liked my friends... My girlfriend's friends. And I feel like with that being said, like, I, I can understand, like, you know what I mean? You know, the girlfriend not knowing what to do and not trying to get in between that. Even though you would try to tell your boyfriend, like, you know, don't get involved. Which I think she pretty much did... That's why, like, you know what I mean, Drake was able, like, to get the upper hand on that nigga. <laughs> so, you know, there goes that. You know, Drake, to me, will always have won that beef. Fuck, fuck what you heard. Meek me was just, you know what I mean, he is where he is now. And that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, now we're moving on some more. Coachella just happened. Um, Very interesting. You had The Weeknd, SZA, Vince Staples, Kendrick appeared, and of course you had Beyonce. I know there's a whole lot of other performers, but those are the main ones that I kept seeing. Um, I saw snippets of each show. I saw snippets of each show. <laughs> and, you know, they were lit. They, 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 I really liked them. I think they all were unique. I think they all, you know, did a phenomenal job. Did the people had his name. Um... The Weeknd cried, SZA and Vince brought out Kendrick, and Beyonce obviously just shut it down with the band and Destiny's Child, and I fucking love Kelly Rowland so much, I just love her so much, <laughs> my favorite, like, Beyonce's great, and, you know, I mean, Michelle, Michelle, but Kelly's, Kelly is always my fucking favorite Destiny's Child, but that, that, that's a different conversation for another day, moving on, and, and now the question is, 
who is the better performer, Michael Jackson or Beyonce? And to me, at first, it was such a dumbass question that should not even be asked or discussed because they're so great in their own regards that I feel like you're just comparing apples and oranges. Like it's it's night and day. But what made me look at it, what made me look at it a little bit differently was when um, Charlemagne he has said how, you know, when James Brown was around, you know, he was considered the greatest performer at that time until Michael came, and he ended up pushing the ceiling and pushing the envelope further. And now we can say the same for Beyonce. So when I heard that, I was like, okay. That that's one way to look at it. So if if we are gonna look at it like that, then yes, I can start looking at how one does one thing better than the other. I feel like to compare them both on what they do really good, they both have really good breath control. But I feel like Michael is better in that area because this nigga is dancing more. And what I learned about Beyonce, she dances, but it's more like uh, she really just throws her hands around a whole lot more. And she'll have more of a dance break than Michael would. And Michael would still be singing during the dance breaks. Like, that's that's something totally different than what Beyonce does, right? So, boom, that's the first thing. And going off of that, the second thing would be they're dancing. Michael Jackson is a true dancer and what I learned a long time ago when I was in college a girl who was like a dancer you know she you know was in choreography and stuff like that she used to get so mad when I you know said Beyonce was one of the best dancers but she was like no all Beyonce does is like to stand there and like move her hands around and stuff like that and when I really looked at it, it's like yeah she does kind of do that a lot you know she might break it down once or twice but it's like you know what I mean it you don't I don't get that same feeling when she dances when Michael dances when Michael dances, that shit feels like magic, my nigga. Like that that's something totally different. Like I don't I don't get excited when, when Beyonce starts dancing. I, I get I I get I get chills when I see Michael like hit a spin, stop on a dime on his toes, and then bust on a moonwalk. Like, come on, fam. Like that that's that's some that's something totally different, fam, still. Like Beyonce, she she's a great performer in 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 different like areas but for dancing Michael has her beat. So another thing we can compare them on would probably be let me see. Like their I guess Beyonce does a really good job at making shit like uh grandiose. But then again like so does Michael it's like goddamn like I think one time like he this nigga was flying like I ain't think I ever seen Beyonce fly. Like this nigga was on chorus like he was flying and shit. Like, Beyonce, she she knows how to organize shit and, like, be, like, perfect step-by-step and cue-on-cue and everything. So that's that. But Michael, like, I feel like it's just so, like, uh, it's something, like I said, it's magical about his shit. It just feels like royalty. Beyonce feels like royalty, but Michael just feels like, like, Egyptian royalty. If I can put it like that, this nigga feels like a pharaoh. Like it's something different about like it just it's it's that kind of energy that I get when I see Michael performing and everything. So to me, I think because it is a new day and age, we're gonna say Beyonce is better performer. But if if I gotta like just be real with myself, I, I really gotta say Michael, man. Like I, she, I'm not taking nothing away from Beyonce. I love seeing her perform, but 
Michael to me just just he just does it better. He he just does it way better in my in my general opinion. But you know, that's that. <laughs> and um, last thing for the music topic, uh, Wale had a really 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 dope interview on the Rap Radar podcast on um for title. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. It's a really good interview. Um. What I really took away from it was how much I really relate to Wale. And obviously, you know, we've all known him to be like the emotional dark skinned nigga. But really, I I really like just his I, I always liked Wale's personality, you know what I mean? I always liked the fact that he kept it honest and kept it real and stuff like that. But for this, I feel like it was really telling about his own personal like issues that he goes through and nowadays how he's accepting it and trying to do better. Especially the fact that he has a kid now, like a daughter. And it's like, I can really respect that shit. And I really relate to him on the side of, like, you know, how he feels about relationships and what he's trying to fix about himself in order to be a better man. And, you know what I mean, to progress to be an even better father and stuff like that. And how he's approaching life now. Like, it was just a dope-ass interview, man. And I, and, and I, I would really like everyone to go see that shit if you... If you and even if you don't even listen to Wale, like it's still something like to to watch because it's it's really good. It's really good. So moving on, we got some uh, teachable lessons here. One in particular, um, support in a relationship and how important that is for both the man and the woman in the relationship. Uh, if, it, if your significant other is on a path of success, or rather they want to achieve something very bad, it's your job to support them along the way and be there as encouragement. Make yourself interested in what, make yourself interested and have it in your mind that you want to see them win. I feel like that's so important because I've seen a whole lot of examples of people in relationships, whether the man or the woman doesn't support, you know, their partner and whatever endeavors that they want to be in, you know what I mean? They'll, they're just doing it because, you know, they want to be with them, but they're not sitting there encouraging them. They're always telling them, like, you know, oh, I'll need you to focus on this. You're always trying to do this, and this ain't going to work, you know what I mean? Like it's, and to me, I feel like that's so toxic. And um, not, to, not to delve too deep into my own relationship and everything, but I kind of had to, uh, you know, let that be known, you know what I mean? That support is like the biggest thing, especially for like someone like me who wants to be, you know, what I mean, great in so many different things. Like I would like to know the person I'm with is supporting me wholeheartedly, you know, what I mean, who wants to see me win, who is, you know, asking me about the things that I'm doing, who is, you know, keeping me grounded, who is, you know, just genuinely interested in the things that I'm doing because it just inspires me, you know what I mean? It lets me know that someone actually gives a fuck besides me. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that shit really does keep me going, knowing that I have someone who I can't let down. And I feel like a lot of people, they end up um, getting rid of their dreams because the person they're with doesn't agree with them, and they don't want to leave that person, but you're leaving your dreams if you stay with that person. Like, you're leaving your goals and your your vision behind if you stay with that person who isn't trying to see you win, like that, that's so toxic and it's damaging. And, you know, people die never pursuing what they want to pursue because 
they didn't want to um, leave the person they were with or they didn't want to hurt the person that they were with. But to me, I say, fuck that shit. Like, if you ain't supporting me, if you, if you don't encourage me or you don't even give a fuck about what I'm doing, <laughs> this, this, this ain't going to work out. And I'm not sorry. Because... <laughs> All that shows me is like you're you're not even you don't even love me or care about me that much to see me do good in life. Like you have selfish reasons. Like you're you're scared to see me go off without you. You know what I mean? You're scared because you don't have the 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 strength or the confidence to go out and do things on your own to get to where you want to be. So you want to keep everybody where you are, and that's fucked up. And I ain't the one to sit there and and, and and deal with that kind of nonsense. So if you're dealing with somebody right now who you feel like ain't supporting you, or you know what I mean, or you're, you're suspicious about it, you know what I mean, have that conversation. Don't just leave, but have that conversation first and be like, hey, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to do this and I don't really have support about it. Like, tell me what's up. And start that dialogue. And if you... If they don't tell you up front, you're definitely going to feel their energy if, if if they don't really support you like that. Like, it's clear. Like, if, they, if they're making it about them, if they don't understand their vision and they still don't see it, even after you explain it to them, nah, man. <laughs> nah, you, that, that ain't a good look. That's not good for you. That ain't good for your life. And, and, and even so, that's not even good for them because, really, they're not even helping themselves, like, and that's the thing, people hold people back who can help them the most. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that shit. Like, I really can't. What's a good example? Let's say your boyfriend is an all-star high school basketball player. Nobody yet all-star college basketball player. And he is looking to be in the NBA. But for you, you don't want him to go into the NBA because you won't see him that often, especially during the season, and your life's going to be different without him. And you'd much rather him continue to stay in college with you and graduate with you and never be in the NBA and get a regularized job where you guys can live together. Don't you know if this nigga gets in the NBA that your life will be 10 times better if you go with that option? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so many benefactors to when somebody is succeeding in their life and they have support from somebody. Like, you're always going to reach back and try to help that person who supported you. You're always going to do that shit. Like, why do you think people always, like, buy their mama a house? Like, because <laughs> their mama supports them. Like, they want to make sure their mama is good. All the time. It's it's a different level of understanding when you when you when you know that when you support this person, you're not only doing good for them, but you're doing good for yourself. So that's what I'm gonna leave that at. <laughs> and now that we are at the end of the podcast, you know what time it is. We got three songs to play for you guys. Um, three of these songs. Two of them are new, one of them is old um because i end up stumbling upon it <laughs> and it is just so fire at first i was like what the fuck but then the more i listened to it i was like yeah this 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 that shit so 
the first song I'm going to play is um, Amine called Campfire. If you haven't seen it, the video, or if you haven't heard the song, make sure you check out the video. Tell me what you think about the song. And yeah, uh, enjoy. This is Amine Campfire. No business bond, insecure junkyard motherfucker! Put a hundred in my pocket and a hundred on the rims. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. Put a red dress on her and some gas for the trip. Got a hundred in my pocket and a couple on the tent. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. Campfire. I'm a hot motherfucker. Please no pictures. I'm a tired motherfucker. Spotty senses tingle when it's fake niggas. Dread swinging like they did the autumn shake, nigga. That's true. West Coast till I D.I.E. If you want respect, look me in my E.Y.E. I love my whips like a racist and travel a lot of places. Free my nigga head, fuck the police. Uh, Oprah for president, CLB in resident. This face when I'm disgraced, that's the nigga in me. Might catch me at a Whole Foods. And if you see that red Mercedes, then you know who. Got a bad little mama and she always with the shits. Put a hundred in my pocket and a hundred on the rims. That's my little bitch. That's, that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's, that's my little bitch. Put a red dress on her and some gas. For the trip, got a hundred in my pocket and a couple on the tent. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's that's my yeah, little bitch. Yeah, campfire. I'm a scary little nigga. It's running my butt like Drew Barrymore, nigga. If my fit on ET, your shit on EBT. So will you try and flex? I'm like, yo, what's your credit score, nigga? Yeah, and that's word to my granny. Since 14, noodle route like Randy. Everything dandy, gray sweats with the pennies. Side effects may vary. Yeah, fuck these niggas with a child lock. So many hits, I can have my own now comp. And a triple album full of all my children. No difference from kids, but I book them in the hell tank. Got a bad little mama and she always with the shits. Put a hundred in my pocket and a hundred on the rims. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. Put a red dress on her and some gas for the trip. Got a hundred in my pocket and a couple on the tent. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. That's my little bitch. That's that's my little bitch. Campfire. I'm a scary little nigga. <laughs> That song is hot, man. Uh, what made it even better for me was the video. Like I said, you like if you haven't seen the video, that you need to see that fucking video. Like that's it's dope. I ain't, I ain't gonna tell you what the video is, but it's just dope. Like Amine has like some like the best videos. I gotta say, but regardless, uh, the next song we have here is like I said, an old school song by um, an unsung R and B singer by the name of Link. The song is called Nine One One. Zero zero twenty four. Uh, I'm gonna let y'all hear this, John, and yeah, just enjoy it. Again, this is Link nine one one zero zero twenty four. I need to call Link. He was putting in work last night. Where's his phone number? Oh God. Okay, I got it. Hmm. Alright, I'm on my way. Okay. You just be ready. 
songs like these man because like they it was a mommy of a point in my life where i had late night rendezvous and you know it was great and, and i just i just love songs like these you know what i mean like it, it really like it sets that kind of mood you know what i mean so that was link nine one one zero zero twenty four fire record old school record you know what i mean if you ever heard about link uh go look him up he has some fire r&b classics right there for you you know what I mean? If you if you love R&B as much as I do, I think you will like Link. Now, moving on, final song, some more R&B shit for you before we get out of here. Next artist is Summer Walker. 
uh, her song CPR. Take a listen. filling that joint and we are out for the day hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the great alexander podcast again make sure you guys go check out those uh photo shoot pictures i did with dom make sure you go follow her show her some love and everything again um you know i mean if you got some pictures i want to be taking highlight your boy uh don't be surprised if i dm you and want to take some pictures of you because that's going to be my thing coming up real soon (laughs) you know i mean to get my portfolio up and i mean so yeah, look out for that. Look out for some more pictures, you know what I mean? Expect for another episode of the Great Alexander Podcast to come out um, the Wednesday at the next. It is a bi-weekly thing for now until I get everything together. 
So yeah, this has been the Great Alexander Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander, aka the Great Alexander, and I will see you next time. Peace.